You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hey everyone, welcome to this quick guidepost. We know that y'all, some of y'all like listening to the podcast rather than reading the blog, so we wanted to do a rapid reaction. This one isn't going to be really long uh, to all that went on yesterday. Um, So as most of you know, the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission uh, Striped Bass Management Board met yesterday to finalize Addendum Two, and um, you know there was a lot of there was a lot of things in here that just could have gone bad, could have gone sideways, and they didn't. Uh, I it, it all in all, it was a huge victory for conservation. There were some things that didn't go as well as we had hoped. Uh, but you kind of have to look at these, you know, was it, was it an overall win? Was it an overall loss and pretty hard pressed not to call this a win. So before I get started, a couple of things, uh, a lot of appreciation to Emily and, uh, Katie, uh, who are ASMSC staff. They did a great job, uh, providing information, answering questions, um, you know, giving, giving the stripe bass management board the information that they needed uh to make these decisions um really you know it really helped guide the discussion and along with that um new chairperson took over um megan ware from maine uh took over that seat uh she is the new chairperson this was her first meeting that she ran and um, she deserves a big thank you. She was very fair. Uh, she, she ran the, the chair seat uh, very well, uh, kept the meeting moving and really, really did a fantastic job. So um, if anyone, you know, here from Maine is listening to this might be a, might be a good idea to shoot her an email and thank her. Uh, for doing such a good job and just last little bit of housekeeping marty gary stepped down as the chairperson and um and you know he he did a really good job uh guiding the stripe bass management board during his time so while marty exit exited uh you know a thank you to him on the job that he did um so let's get into the meeting the the first uh the first topic up was section 3.1.1 ocean recreational options and right off the bat uh mike armstrong who man, talk about deserves a, a thank you email um you know mike mike is the tip of the spear uh as far as conservation for striped get bass goes at the atlantic states marine fisheries commission he completely understands where the stock is where it's going how little we have to work with and uh and for the last couple of years, he's really been a, you know, a driving force and a guiding light for conservation. Um, so, uh, so his, his first motion was option B 28 to 31 for all modes. And this is where I, I think something terribly, 
disappointed happened. Uh, the conversation did not go very long for that. And almost immediately, um, Justin Davis from Connecticut, who obviously felt the pressure from a very small amount of uh, Charter for Hire community who wanted um, option uh, C, which would have given the for hire sector a, a broader slot, which broader on the high end, which would have chased that 2015 year class. To us, that was just completely unacceptable. The whole the entire emergency action was to protect the 2015s and given a, a you know, a very small part of the community, um, a carve out like that is just, I mean, it makes no sense uh, right now with where the striped bass population is. So super disappointed. And um, I believe Jason McNamee, uh, I know he voted for it. I, I believe he was the second um, second for this. And, and you know, we just, as we were listening to this, we were like, oh, geez, man, if this passes, it's going to kill all the momentum for conservation. We just want consistency across the fishery. Um, and, you know, thank goodness it failed. It failed 970. And the really interesting thing is NOAA Fisheries and Fish and Wildlife voted against this. That's a pretty clear message. You know, those those two entities normally abstain from votes like this. But, um, you know, shout out to Max Appleman, who spoke up uh, against this based on where the stock is. You know, we that that motion was defeated by a hair and that hair was NOAA Fisheries and Fish and Wildlife. Uh, and, and the other, the other states that, that voted against it were New Hampshire, Maine, Virginia, DC, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Massachusetts. So huge thanks, uh, to that voting block. Um, it was really tense there for a while, but when that motion failed, it went back to the original motion, which passed 14 to zero, um, with only New York and New Jersey, uh, voting against. So, you know, kind of what you would expect, um, super unfortunate that 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 substitute motion even came up but uh it's it's going to be that option b 28 to 31 for the ocean then we get to the recreational options for chesapeake bay 3.1.2 holy toledo i mean what a i mean let me just get right into it i, I don't uh so <laughs> Right off the bat, uh, Mike Luisi from Maryland put up the motion for C2, which was a 19 to 24 inch slot with a mode split. And that would allow that two fish limit for the first higher sector. And I know all of y'all realize that that was in place. Uh, that was in place in previous years that the for higher sector was allowed to kill two fish. And the Maryland portion of the Chesapeake Bay killed more fish than the rest of the Chesapeake Bay uh, and the rest of the coast, the, ch the charter portion. Um, unbelievable. And uh, I mean, just crazy. We don't have any fish here, you know, just let these guys keep killing them. And uh, substitute motion was put up by Dave Skorsky of Maryland um, for option B2 which is 19 to 24, one fish, all modes. Um, and 
that motion to substitute passed 13 to 3. But then that motion now becomes the main motion. Sorry about getting into Robert's rules. We're just trying to do this blow by blow. So the substitute motion becomes the main motion. And then immediately Mike Luisi put up a motion to substitute for option C2 for 2024 and then B2 for 2025. And this really kind of caused confusion among the board members. Um, Max Appleman, you know, made the point um to, to clarify that this would you know be a motion for 2025 and beyond Luisi confirmed that he intended for b2 to start january 1 2025 and it was just it was just unbelievable that failed and and again he comes back c1 mode split option b2 for 2025 you know, here it comes again, shockingly seconded by Justin Davis of Connecticut. We really don't understand this, but, you know, I guess it is what it is. Um, I believe he called it a reasonable compromise. We do not think that's a reasonable compromise to just let one group of 330-something individuals kill twice as many fish as everyone else can. Um but that motion failed and it was really close. It was six, nine, uh, zero one, um, New Hampshire, Maine, Virginia, DC, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Noah, Massachusetts, they all, all decided to shoot it down. Um, I think I hit everyone there, New Hampshire, Maine, PRFC, Virginia, DC, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Noah, and Massachusetts. So thanks. Uh, thanks for all those votes to shoot that down. Um, so then it bumped back again to B2, 19 to 24 inch slot, one fish for all modes. And the motion passed 14 to two with the only jurisdictions, uh, voting against Maryland and New Jersey. And I'm sure you're all stunned with that. Um, but this is, this is monumental because let's face it, the Maryland portion of the Chesapeake Bay and PRFC are the real bottleneck. I mean, Virginia honestly has taken it on the chin. They have, they have taken tectonic reductions. They, they self-imposed, you know, kind of getting rid of their ocean trophy season years ago. Um, and, and they voted against this. So that was a little bit shocking. And the, the other kind of standout that I'd like to point out was, Chris Bat Savage in North Carolina um, had a real, a lot of real thoughtful comments. He's definitely concerned for this fishery. He understands what's going on. He's a ground zero for the collapse of that Roanoke Sound Arbor, uh, Albemarle stock of uh, striped bass in North Carolina, and he's he's really offering his experience and wisdom in all of this. And uh, a big shout out, big shout out to Chris. You know, I think his I think his words help move some people um you know and frankly north carolina is not exactly known as a conservation-minded state sometimes but uh but let me tell you something you know chris is chris is really standing up for striped bass um so uh the big thing here is the chesapeake bay is this is what we've been advocating for for years all all the all the recreational modes have the exact same regulations um 
they they have a slot. They're not going to be able to kill big fish anymore. They're essential. You know, there is no trophy season uh, that's going to exist, hopefully, um, you know, because they'll have that ocean slot. And, you know, that it's 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 a pretty fantastic move in the right direction, even with the three massive failures of Luisi um, just completely ignoring every sign from the Chesapeake Bay and trying to sell out the fishery for the entire coast for 300 people. I'll uh, give a little bit more commentary on this. I would not want him speaking for me uh, at any of these hearings because his testimony is almost, I don't even know, you. It's, it's hard to even follow his reasoning. I could knock holes in it the size of a battleship. Um, and he's just clearly not real great behind the mic. So my advice would be to find somebody else if, if y'all are disappointed to find somebody else to advocate, um, because he is, uh, he was not successful yesterday. People, uh, from other states and jurisdictions were obviously tired of, uh, the consistent banter from him and Maryland and vehemently opposed uh, Maryland continuing to destroy this fishery at the detriment of the rest of the coast. And we've been begging other commissioners uh, basically to do what happened yesterday. And it finally happened. And, you know, we're massively relieved and very grateful um, that, you know, it's a little unfortunate that it took it this long and and it, we had to get to this level but they just weren't having the they weren't having the Luisi rhetoric yesterday um so we'll go to the commercial quota options real quick so uh mike armstrong brought another conservation-minded motion to the table um for a 14 percent reduction in commercial fishing in the ocean in the chesapeake bay from the 2022 quotas there was a lot of those talking points that we always hear that commercial sector can't take it. They're being squeezed to the point of not being able to make a living. Um, they're not, they're not any, you know, they're not any substantial part of harvest and, and it's just, look, it's just not true. Um, and, and we want to take a moment here and try and explain something. So I'm, I'm sure if y'all follow us that you realize that, uh, the MRIP effort change um, from the FES, the Fishing effort, effort Survey, noted a pilot study to review MRIP. It's part of the process that they do with all of their science. And this pilot study found that due to the order of the survey questions, it's very likely that MRIP was overestimating recreational effort by around 40%. I think the numbers were like 39 to over 50%. So we're being pretty conservative by saying 40. So NOAA's committed to doing a more comprehensive study this year to assess the situation. And we're not going to fully know what's going on to 2025. So if you, to really understand this FES survey and how it impacts, not just, it's not just what's harvested, it's how many fish are out there. So, you know, last year, MRIP said there were 6.9 million fish caught by the rec sector in 20, well, in 2022, sorry. So if there was 40% overestimation, th that would mean that the recalibrated number would be 4.14 million fish, okay? 
but it also changes the number of fish out there in the ocean. So if there were 34.5 million fish in the ocean based on the old MRIP, and this indeed is true, we don't know yet, but if they, let's just say they increased it by 40%, uh, it was a 40%, I'm sorry, it was 40% overestimation. It means that there's 20.7 million fish in the ocean instead of 34.5. So it doesn't change, you know, what our effort is as uh, recreational anglers because it drastically changes the fish in the population. So our fishing mortality rate, that F number, is going to say this to stay in the same percentile. Uh, something like release mortality is still going to be the same percentage overall of total, morta total mortality, but there's a substantial change in the number of dead fish, okay? The actual number of dead fish. So you know what didn't change? Commercial harvest. And if they, overest if they overestimated us by 40%, that whole, you know, oh, we're barely a blip on the radar is not true. It's this would significantly increase the commercial portion of the total removals. And that's why we're a little shocked to hear that rhetoric that they're just a blip on the radar, because a lot of the people saying it are fisheries biologists and they should know better. So we just like to kind of inform the public on this podcast because. It's just shocking, shocking that they're saying the same thing, knowing that, you know, in 2025, this may be the furthest thing from the truth. So um, immediately when Mike Armstrong put that 14% reduction up, Delaware, of course, you know, because Delaware is fighting for commercial transfers and all of that nonsense. Um Delaware substituted status quo, which would be no reduction in commercial fishing, and that failed, uh, three to 13. And then um, there was another substitute motion put in, and I believe it was by Luisi for a 7% reduction. Now, ultimately, that passed, uh, 862. Um, the states who went against the 7% reduction were New Hampshire, Maine, D.C., North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Connecticut. Mike Armstrong mentioned uh, from Massachusetts, you hear, we didn't say Massachusetts on that one, but Mike Armstrong mentioned that uh, he did not support this. The reality is, you know, we went through the emergency action alone as recreational fishermen. We have taken massive reductions. The 7% reduction is clearly not enough. We're disappointed in it, but with the two wins that we got previously and some level of reduction, some recognition that the commercials have to pay their part too. I mean, it's not a total loss. It's not like there's zero percent reduction. And I got to tell you, that is because of all of y'all, you know, your, your voice has been so loud that everyone needs to take these reductions together. We all need to participate in the recovery and you made a difference. It wasn't exactly what we wanted. But if you look at the overall scope of what happened, you know, this is not a bitter defeat. Um, this is kind of, you know, we got 50% of what we want. Now, going on to Section 3.3, the stock assessment response, this is board action, right? To, to allow the board to react to the stock assessment 
um, via board action instead of going through like a huge, laborious, year-long process. Uh, this passed 11, 5 to 0. Um, the motion was made by Justin Davis, seconded by uh, David Borden. So Justin got a little bit, little bit back from us um, because we obviously supported option B on this. Um, so uh, next thing is implement, implementation timeline. This was the big one, the big one, because all of the stuff that we've discussed before, if they don't implement this until 2025, instead of this season, everything that this whole meeting stood for is for nothing. So, um, again, Mike Armstrong uh, put up a motion that the states had to submit Im implementation plans by March 1. Uh, they had to submit the plans, and then the regulations had to be implemented by May 1. And again, seconded by David Borden. And all hell broke loose. Um, Maryland said they were have difficulties printing, recalling tags, and we can't do this. And we told them, we told the commercial sector that they would be able to harvest this many fish. And I mean, come on, you knew this was coming. You knew it was coming. And, you know, they jumped up and down, hollered, screamed, uh, you know, we can't implement this till 2025. So, you know, if you, if you look at, the, if you look at what happened, you had, Luisi throwing up, I don't know, three, four motions to make sure that the charter for higher sector could kill two fish that failed. Then he's throwing up all this, you know, we can't implement until 2025 um, because we'd have, and we can't do that because we have to pay back harvest if it's implemented in 2024, if they go over and we knew this one was going to be close. This vote was going to be close. And it ended up being seven to seven with two abstaining. There was there was a lack of majority. And it failed. Uh, the, the 2025 implementation failed. And then it went back to Mike Armstrong's original motion. And it passed with um, Rhode Island, Delaware. It, it was 10 to four. Um, with two abstentions. So it passed strong. So they didn't get a, they didn't get a year of BS. Uh, this was like their final stand. And I mean, I hope everybody remembers, you know, seven to seven with two abstentions. It was a tie. That's how we got this stuff through in 2024. Okay. Uh, and, and, if striped bass end up coming back and somebody writes a book 20 years from now about all this mess, please do not forget the 24th of January, 2024, when the motion to amend the implementation until 2025 failed because of a tied vote. That is how close it all came. So, all the advocates, everyone who sends emails in, uh, writes letters, stays tuned into these meetings for six hours at a clip, you know, cares about the future of striped bass. I, I got to tell you, man, take your right hand, put it between your shoulders, and give yourself a pat on the back. Um, it may not feel like it, 
but this was a, a an absolute monumental win uh, for conservation. We were not sure about the mode splits. We knew that they were going to come after the implementation. We weren't sure about commercial. We weren't sure how the Chesapeake Bay was going to roll out. And we won big on the ocean fishery, the Chesapeake Bay fishery, and the implementation and the board, uh, the board being able to act quickly. Um, we got about 50% of we wanted what we wanted with commercials. So when you look at the big picture, you look at the strategy, how long we've been doing this, and then you look at the outcome, it's really hard not to take a sigh of relief and know that at least today, everything's moving in the right direction. So thank you all. Thank you for listening. Uh, ha have, a, have a wonderful day. Uh, we think y'all are the best advocates in the world. We won one. It may have been by the skin of our teeth, but nobody will remember that. All they'll remember is whether you won or lost. So y'all did it. Y'all did it. Thank you. Thank you for all the time that you invested in this. And thank you for caring about Stripe Bass. And we'll catch you on the podcast real soon.